there's an elderly couple that lives a few doors down from our house. They don't have kids, at least none that come to visit. The man is friendly when I walk by. I hardly ever see the wife. You wouldn't think there's anything unusual about them, but I know something my neighbors don't. The man is a former Catholic priest who ran off with a nun and got married. At the end of our road sits a house. It faces the street, high atop a hill, looking ominously over the neighborhood. There's something about the place that frightens my kids. They talk about it like it's haunted. It doesn't matter that a nice family lives there now. They won't go anywhere near it. Other than how it looks, my kids have no reason to suspect that anything is wrong. But there's something I've never told them. The previous residents were practicing witches. There are so many good stories in the world. We don't have time to tell them all. As a writer, I have to choose the most compelling narrative. The best story wins. After years of writing nonfiction books, designing self-help courses, giving lectures and organizing conferences, I've traded it all in for storytelling. Our society is saturated with prescriptive statements. You can't go anywhere without someone telling you how to think, what to do, and why you should be like them. It's no wonder truth has lost its meaning. Everyone's hawking their own version of it. And besides, nonfiction is boring. Go to church on Sundays and watch the deadpan faces of people in the crowd as the minister drones on and on about theology. Then watch what happens when he tells a story. Their faces light up. They lean forward in their chairs and eagerly await the punchline. There was once an ancient prophet who told the king a story about a man who was oppressing people and stealing their property. The king got so worked up by the injustice of it that he called for the man's death. The prophet pointed his finger at the king and said, You are the man. Sometimes you have to slip truth in the back door. You'd think we would have figured it out by now, but telling stories is emotionally dissatisfying when all we really want to do is tell people what to do and how to feel. No wonder more people cry at movie theaters than at church services. The British novelist Diane Setterfield once said, My gripe is not with lovers of truth, but with truth herself. What sucker, what consolation is there in truth compared to a story? What good is truth at midnight, in the dark, when the wind is roaring like a bear in the chimney? What you need are the plump comforts of a story. Diane wasn't questioning truth itself. She was talking about how truth gets packaged. The human race is designed to crave story. And fiction just might be the best way to convey truth. Storytelling delivers truth in a way that people never saw coming. It hits them between the eyes without alerting them to the firing squad. There's a truth I believe about the supernatural. I believe that it's real and that we can experience divine intervention every day of our lives. Now I could lecture you about the theology that supports this, or I could tell you a story 
About a month ago, we had contractors in our house installing some new tile in our bathroom. I didn't realize it at the time, but I foolishly left my wallet sitting on a table beside the front door. When I looked for it the next day, it was gone. I turned the house upside down trying to remember where I left it, all the while knowing in my gut what really happened. It was the subcontractor of a subcontractor. I'd never see it again. So I did the only thing I knew to do. I gathered my family around and I said a prayer. One day later, there was a knock at the door. It was a small Asian lady who carefully studied my face. Before she could say anything, I yelled, you found it. She pulled the wallet out of her purse and told me that one of her Spanish-speaking employees found it in a 7-Eleven parking lot. The credit cards were intact, the money was still there, and none of my bank accounts were compromised. Now, I don't know what caused that thief to drop it in the parking lot, but I think I could guess. That story revealed truth to me. It did more for me than any self-help book could offer. And if that story doesn't convince you, none of my fact-bearing statements will matter. And I'm not the only one. In 2007, a hotel night clerk named William Paul Young wrote a story as a Christmas gift for his six children. It was about a father whose little girl was abducted and murdered by a serial killer. The father, stricken with grief, finds a mysterious note inviting him to the cabin where his daughter's clothes were found. Once he arrives, he encounters God in the form of three distinct individuals, very much unlike what your Sunday school teacher probably told you. A friend of William convinced him to publish the book on his own and proceeded to max out 12 of his own credit cards to make it happen. You might know that book is The Shack, and it has sold nearly 20 million copies. William said The Shack is a metaphor for the places we get stuck, hurt, and damaged in life, and how we reconcile those feelings with God. William was plagued by his own sense of abandonment as a child, an affair that nearly destroyed his marriage, and the failure of a business. Now, he could have written a nonfiction book called Grief and What to Do About It, but nobody would have read it. The shack may not be the truth you want to hear, but it helped William get his point across to 20 million people. So believe the truth, stand up for the truth, and by all means, tell the truth. But in the words of the poet Emily Dickinson, tell it slant, package it in a story, for that is the only way others will hear.